This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network, my latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. In today's episode, I visit with Hugh Bigwood. He is the general counsel and chief compliance officer at Evercare, a multi-country healthcare service. We talk about some of the challenges that he and his team have faced in the era of coronavirus and how he is using this opportunity to try new things, to clean up, and to make his compliance program more effective. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. Today, I'm extraordinarily pleased to have with me Hugh Bigwood. He's the general counsel at Evercare, and we are going to explore the challenges he and his organization is facing uh, around uh, coronavirus at this time. So, Hugh, first of all, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Not a problem. It's a pleasure to be here. Hugh, I was wondering if you might be able to start by giving the listeners a little bit of sense of your role at the corporation and what the business of the corporation is, and then maybe how <clears throat> the types of questions you are getting right now around COVID-19 and the coronavirus. No problem at all. So, I'm the general counsel and chief compliance officer at Evercare Group. Evercare Group is uh, a consolidation of about 30 hospitals and about uh, 20 to 30 different diagnostic clinics across five countries, Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, Kenya, and Nigeria. So the interesting for us in coronavirus times is we're right in the middle of it. We're still treating people. Uh, In a lot of the countries we're operating in, We've seen the elective surgery going down, but we still have people on site. And now we're seeing a general increase of people coming back to hospitals, as well as the COVID cases in some of these countries, which is still increasing compared to some of the other countries, for example, in Europe, where we're seeing a decrease in coronavirus. You, one, of the, uh, uh, one of my favorite columnists is a guy named uh, Andrew Hill, who writes for the Financial Times. And uh, he writes a uh, weekly column on management. And this week, he wrote about corporate culture and what corporate culture will evolve to. He didn't pretend to know what the answer might be, but he did say that it will change, and it will change in ways that perhaps we can anticipate or perhaps not. I've been thinking about that a lot in terms of the role of a general counsel or a chief compliance officer, not so much uh, to reach out to employees, but he pointed out that where companies tend to get in trouble is on the margins, whether that be employees who are uh, either at the line or stepping over the line or something like that. And so I was wondering, how do you um, maybe think through how you can uh, monitor or do some of the things in, that you had uh, with your CCO hat on in this new remote environment? So, you know, it's, it's really interesting in, in coronavirus times. It's really interesting looking at risk. Um, all of the normal viewpoint on risk has sort of been turned upside down. Now people are thinking about their health, uh, they think they've got other things on their mind, which means that they're not necessarily concentrating or, or thinking about some of our more traditional risks. Those are 
what I would describe far lower down on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. There's the basic health and safety is there. Uh, thinking about anti-corruption at this point is is not very good. But then also the the lockdown has has impacted a lot of businesses pretty negatively. The customers haven't been coming through in the same way. The sales haven't been going through in the same way. And, and as I mentioned, in our hospitals, we haven't seen the same patients coming in for electives. <laughs> Health tourism has, has dropped quite considerably as well. So when you've got those situations, people are looking far more at the bottom line. Uh, they are far more focused on costs. They're far more focused on, the, on, the, on some of the issues. And again, that's not particularly effective. Uh, great from a compliance point of view, because our types of risks are not necessarily the first on the on their their list. That means you've got to do an awful lot of translation. You've got to do an awful lot of storytelling. You've got to start thinking of how you're going to embed what you're thinking about and what you're concerned about into what they're concerned about. You've got to sell it to them. It's got to be valuable to them. They've got to see how it's going to help their objectives both in the lean times caused by the COVID environment and the lockdown, and also in terms of their own safety and their own health. So it, it, it is a different environment. Uh, you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of people and a lot of people are very negative about it and they see this as a problem. I actually, funnily enough, see there's a massive amount of opportunity coming out of COVID. It, it's a great way of resetting. It's a great way of taking away some of the myths and some of the key uh, sort of focuses of compliance groups before and really playing, and playing in a little bit of safer environment, looking at different ways to engage people, and trying different things. And so, you know, it's very rare that you get a, a three-month break in your normal business to actually start thinking about planning, to start thinking about a different strategic viewpoint, to start thinking different ways to engage people, to start thinking about that technology, how can you use these remote uh, situations, how do you do a risk workshop using Zoom? Uh, rather than being able to sit in a room with everybody there. How do you make clever use of, of bits and pieces? So I've, I've seen it far more as an opportunity and something not to be scared of and, and not to be sort of too worried about in some ways. The, uh, I wasn't able to write down all of the countries that you guys uh, have resources in, but it's multiple. And so do you have multiple challenges because you're in multiple countries with countries who may be at, at different points in the COVID-19 health crisis? Well, we're, we're all in different, but that, that's one of the, the most interesting bits. So the headquarters of Evercare Group is in Dubai. Um, it's far more mature in its, in its approach to COVID than India or Bangladesh is. Um, but what we're seeing is, is that we're seeing still a, a major uplift in business in these countries now after their first initial lockdowns. Um, each country does have its unique uh, nature, but the, the sort of basics are the same wherever you are. It doesn't really matter where you are. It, they're going to be the same thing. Engaging a person is the same regardless of country. I think this goes back to how people look at risk. And if you've got a very avid COVID environment, then the risk, people are more worried about their health than worried about your anti-corruption program or your privacy program or fraud. And therefore, you've got to make sure that you can actually tell stories to them and get them to engage so they can see a longer term or they can still see how this balances out. Uh, a couple of weeks ago on a webinar here in the United States, a, a compliance officer echoed something close to what you said, which was she viewed this as a great time for what she called a compliance cleanup. 
And she had the t- first of all, she had the time to sit down and look at uh, the key third parties, the key vendors, just to determine were they really key, and did we really need to do business with them? And if we did, did we? Uh, what, who could we drop so that we didn't have to do due diligence? And from that, she went through a series of exercises uh, along those lines. It sounds like this could be an opportunity for a chief compliance officer to go through that sort of exercise. Uh, one, because you do have the time to do it. Two, you're not going to the office or at least traveling three three weeks out of the each month. And uh, really focus on what your risks are. Would you find that to be a fair assessment? Absolutely. Look, never waste a good crisis. A good crisis has its opportunities next to them. And so you, what you want to be doing is taking time. If you're not wait, spending all of that time traveling, use it productively in other ways. Try different things. This is a great time to look at your policies and, and rip them apart if they're, they're not there, uh, if, if there's too many or if they're too wordy. Um, I wrote on the Converge blog recently, um, you know, we need more rules. I should have put a not at the end because people are still putting more and more policies in place. And actually what you need to be doing is taking them apart, thinking what's relevant to people, how you're communicating to people. But this is, a, you know, this is really straining our typical communication channels so this is a great opportunity to, to try things. It doesn't matter if you fail. You, you, it's not going to be uh, the, the disaster that everybody thinks. It means that you learn what doesn't quite work as well, and you can move on to the next thing. Um, you know, it's, it's been brilliant when people have been doing Zoom calls, and actually a lot of people have had more contact because the, the contact has been leveled. You haven't been in the office with people, so you have to make that effort with everybody to do Zoom calls or to whatever technology you want. And it's actually improved some of the technology, improved some of the, the contact with the, the businesses rather than reduced it. So I, I, you know, I'd urge everybody, look at this as a great opportunity. Look at this as a way to really think about what you're doing and try something different. Try something you haven't tried before. You in another podcast, you talked about your uh, talk at Converge 20. Uh, and something you've been thinking about a lot, which is what prevents people from speaking up in the workplace. Does the current uh, COVID-19 health crisis and attendant working from home present even additional challenges to that issue? Well, it got reported by another compliance officer that they were seeing a downturn, and and that was uh, a number of other people also confirmed they were seeing the same thing. The reports were dropping down, and, you know, you'd expect that. Again, it goes back to this risk. Uh, people are more worried about health and safety. They're not worried about uh, fraud, anti-corruption. So you you will see some of these reports going down. So what you've got to do is now, how do you keep that awareness? How do you keep that upgrade of 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 your your sort of ongoing messages, your your drumbeat? Uh, you never. I mean, all reporting is cyclical. I mean, you see the reports uh, when new managers come in and things change. You see reports when uh, it comes to performance review time. Uh, if there's something else more important, you'll see uh, reports drop. But this is a time, so now, to how do you keep the drumbeat when you're not there all the time, where you're not in their faces all the time, when you can't see them or shake their hand or, or talk to them face-to-face? How do you do it in a, in a virtual setting? So I'm not too worried about any drop in reporting. What I'm interested in is how do I keep people 
something in their mind? How do I to keep telling them stories? And, you know, I'm, I'm really big into behavioral science in, in my compliance program. And I'm really big into how do I use all the tricks that the sales and marketing people do? How do I use all the psychology to, to keep people thinking about what's important to them? What do they need to do? Even to give them the comparison of what they should be thinking about. You know, they should be thinking about health and safety, but also they should be thinking about how this is an opportunity, how they can be successful in this environment, and what is being successful, how compliance, how ethics and integrity fit into that success. Hugh, I, at this point, I used to ask my guests something along the lines of, what do you see around Q3 and Q4? Well, I've had to extend that out now to, what do you see uh, where you might be in the summer of 2021? Uh, any thoughts, or have you even started planning that far out for where Evercare may be? Well, Evercare is still very much building its program. We're still really pulling all the governance together, all of the, the, the basic programs. There were bits and pieces there when I arrived, and now we're, we're sort of really building it together. Next year, who knows? I, I don't really know where we're going to be. I think what you've got to do is you've got to look at the fundamentals. Again, it comes back down to that risk assessment. Get the fundamentals. Keep pushing the fundamentals. I, I'm you know, there's, there's a lot of people who go around and say, read the latest settlement. That's what you have to do in your compliance program, read the latest guidance. I'm more about work out what the culture of your company is, work out what your fixers are, work out, you know, are you a rules-based company or are you a culture-based company? Are you, do you have fixers in your company that these are the people that really get things moved and changed? Uh, does everybody, is it very bureaucratic? Then design your program to how that works with that environment and use this time to do that. Uh, so next year, you know, I'm doing the basics at the moment. Next year, we'll be really starting to put those long campaigns in, the drumbeat, and getting it really to be recognized as value to the individual, value to the individual manager, not just a program that they have to do to tick the box. You unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I wanted to thank you for taking the time to visit with me. And as we move into the second half of this year and perhaps even next year, perhaps I could uh, call upon you again uh, to tell us where you might be at, wherever care might be at at that point in time around coronavirus. Absolutely. We'd love to. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This is the only B2B podcast which brings clear and sane information for both the compliance professional and a business executive. If I could ask you uh, to do one thing, if you could tell one person about this podcast, I'm trying to get the word out uh, about this most unique podcast in the Compliance Podcast Network. So if you could tell one person about it, send them a copy, send them a link, do something uh, to help me publicize this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. Compliance and Coronavirus is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network, and it appears Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of each week. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again for another episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.